hello, hello. Welcome to Interview the Author podcast, where we bring you the real, the raw, the gritty, authentic, and transparent hearts and minds of your favorite authors. That's right. We are asking the questions that go deeper than that professionally glossed over bio. So listen, grab your favorite cup of joe, or tea or water if that's your jam and join us for another episode of Interview the Author. Hello, welcome to another episode of Interview the Author. I am your host, Oticia Johnson, and it is my esteemed pleasure to bring to you my conversation with author Andrea Fair. She is the author of the book, Freaking Out to Flying Free, Experience Freedom Amid the Chaos of Life. All of her contact information is in the episode description. And listen to me when I tell you, you are going to want to read this book and connect with this author because this interview is bananas. All right. I can already tell you. So let's get into Andrea's bio. And then immediately afterwards, you're going to get to hear our conversation. Andrea Fair is a keynote speaker sharing the freedom framework with a variety of audiences. As a life coach, Andrea helps her readers move from reading to living out freedom principles. Andrea is also the founder of Flying Free Ministries, whose mission is to provide practical resources to support individuals on their freedom journey in the stage of life they are currently in. She resides in Alberta, Canada with her husband and their four children, and she loves reading and crocheting in her spare time. Podcast listeners, you know what to do. Help me welcome Andrea Fair to the show. Hello, Andrea. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just really excited to be here. I'm so happy you're here because your book is going to discuss something that I am super passionate about. And so I've just told our listeners about freaking out to flying free, experience freedom amid the chaos of life. However, you're the author, you know this book inside and out. So I want you to tell us just a little bit about the book in your own words. Oh, wow. That's right. I do know this book inside and out. Uh, um, Well, Freaking Out to Flying Free is about the invitation to live out the freedom in Christ we have. And I know for myself, I was really frustrated with um, hearing about abundant life or victorious living, but it never felt like I had abundant life or was living victoriously for more than a couple of moments at a time. And so Freaking Out to Flying Free breaks down our journey of freedom and provides us with a framework So when we are not experiencing that, we can walk back through those steps and come back to flying free. Awesome. So when you were writing the book, who did you envision this book would be for? Who did you write it to speak to? Um, I really wrote it to people who felt similar to me, people who Mm -hmm. were feeling trapped and overwhelmed and just frustrated that, wow, I can be enjoying Jesus and worshiping him and then turn around and yell at my kid. I'm like, that is not okay. What is going on here? (laughs) (laughs) You also talked in the introduction about a 
what I really interpreted to be a lifelong, really deep longing for a victorious life. Can you explain that? Um, well, I think it stemmed from just the desire to please. And as you'll read in one of the chapters, there talks about my journey um, out of legalism. And mm-hmm. so that was a component of my childhood for sure. Like I was mm-hmm. a super guilt ridden child, the one who would confess stuff that she didn't know for sure she did, but maybe she did it. <laughs> and so just real bondage. And, um, and because I had that in me, then I knew it's like Holy Spirit was leading me, right? Just, right. you know, something is not you were, yes, you love Jesus, but you're missing a link. And so as I continue to journey and dig into that, um, he faithfully led me to the right people at the right time, the right passages, the right books. Mm-hmm. And and with that desire and with that journey, I guess, has developed the passion in me that, oh, my goodness, like we all need to be able to know how, what what pivots to make so that we can actually engage with um, our everyday savior and enjoy his everyday freedom. I love the way you describe freedom as flying free. I don't think I'd ever heard anyone use the term flying free. So when I think about flying free, I think free flights. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that question a couple times. You're like, are you a pilot? No. no. It's like, I know that's not what she means. This is probably deeper than my intellect in this moment. So <laughs> for any listeners who may be thinking like me, what does flying free mean? Mm. I think it's a word picture that works really well for me because um, when I was a kiddo, um, one of the things I loved to do was ride my bike. And so when I would fly down those hills on my bike, Mm. um, I felt free. Or when I was on the swing set, swinging as high as I could go and leaning back as far as I could, I felt free. Mm. And um, and then with my 15 years of chronic illness, um, God really used birds as a reminder of the verse about those wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. And so for me, it just was like a natural connection to freedom to be like, oh man, yeah, when we are walking out the gifts and using the freedom builders God's given us, we will Mm -hmm. feel like we're flying free. Wow. What a beautiful visual. Everything that you said, I could see. Mm. Right. So you, it's like you were painting a picture, like you said, a word picture. But I could Im- I remember, you know, being a kid on the swings and feeling invincible. And, you know, one of my earliest memories of my father was him pushing me on the swing and then showing me how to move my legs, you know, so that I could yep. take myself higher and higher in the air. And so maybe that's an experience that some of us don't get with our natural father, but we can have that same experience with our heavenly father. A hundred percent. Yes. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Right. As we walk with him and journey with him and he'll continuously show us move this way, lean in over here, pull back over there. And, and that's going to give us that true feeling of the wind, you know, blowing in our hair or blowing over our skin. Right. That's mm-hmm. that freedom that we all long for. That's right. Yeah. And I found in my journey too, like you get addicted to it, right? It's right. Like it's how God created us to live life, right? So when I am not walking in freedom, that heaviness, that internal pressure, whatever is like, okay, this is not okay. And then it brings me back to the freedom framework of just charging up with my source, um, owning that I'm close to a freak out here and asking Holy Spirit for discernment as to what needs to change. And then it leads me into victory, which as I talk in my book, victory looked different from what I thought it did. Mm -hmm. And that was part of my frustration with the whole abundant living concept. 
Oh, you said a mouthful right there. So let's talk about the freak out and what the freak out looks like, right? Because I think sometimes we say terms and people don't always know what we mean. So if you had to give like an example of an everyday freak out, nothing major has happened. There's no trauma. What would an everyday freak out look like? Um, An everyday freak out would be something as simple as feeling annoyed at your spouse. And Mm -hmm. then it reflects in your talking or your actions. Um, yeah, I've had a, I coached a lady and she's like, I never really thought I was freaking out until you explained <laughs> it more. And then it's like, oh man, so silence can be freaking out. Um, Ooh, we, it's good. not necessarily screaming at people. Um, yeah. So, and I know it's a term we use often in life. Oh man, I'm freaking out about blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, that, I mean, I know we use it flippantly, but, um, I also know that that's not what God's called us, how he's called us to live. So I, in the book, I slow us down to actually think through like, hey, why am I responding that way? And discover how our triggers affect our modes of operation. Mm-hmm. And then that leads us into figuring out which freedom killers am I, do I just tend towards? And which mm-hmm. freedom builders do I need to swap out? I'm so happy that you mentioned the MO. Right. So when I was reading through your book, because yes, I do read books before I interview the authors. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) I was like, how can I interview someone about something I know nothing about? (laughs) So I, I have never, I think one of the things that really gripped me was that you just presented things in a way that I'd never heard before. And and I read a lot. I'm a lifelong reader. And so Mm -hmm. every time I hear a concept Uh, that it presented in a way that I've never heard before, it really piques my interest. And so when you were, um, even before the the discussion of the framework for Flying Free, which I don't want to, I don't want to ask you to go into that because I really want those who haven't read the book to purchase it. Um, But you did discuss the, uh, how to discern or the need to discern our MO first. Mm-hmm. So if we had to, like, if, if this was a teachable moment mm-hmm. and we wanted the listeners to at least be able to take that away from this interview, how does a person discern their own MO? Um, well, discerning your MO or your mode of operation happens when you slow down a bit mm-hmm. <laughs> and acknowledge that you have have feelings, right? And actually... Yeah stop and take stock of it. I remember a lady at a conference and she's like, oh my goodness. So my daughter was in the shower this morning before me, like they were sharing a room, right? Mm -hmm. So she was just like, it was a trigger. And I was just like, oh, I feel frustrated. And she just had that awareness suddenly because of the talks I'd been giving Mm -hmm. that, oh, this is my mode of operation. If something doesn't go how I think, I'm going to get frustrated. Mm -hmm. And so I think that anyone can learn their mode of operation if you can pause and just say, okay, what am I feeling and why? Mm-hmm. And that leads you to like the aha moment. Like for me, for chronic illness stuff, I'd all of a sudden, even though my body was shutting down, I'd be like, I have to conquer the world, which is <laughs> such a weird thing. <laughs> but I've talked to others and it's actually more common than you think. But right. so for me, I, I dubbed it mission mode because I'm like, oh man, I'm feeling mission mode. And that is definitely always a sign for me to stop and um, acknowledge that I need to surrender instead of just charge ahead and conquer the world. Oh, wait, now that was a mouthful. So mission mode, even though there's fires around me, it's not a good thing. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I I don't actually want to say yes to that, but yes. (laughs) Okay, wait, this is not supposed to be therapy for me. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know, right? I have had my friends say, um, so have you read this book called Freaking Out the Flag Free? I'm like, yes, I have. But I just, okay, fine. <laughs> I'll go back and apply. <laughs> well, I was listening to you thinking, okay, has she been a fly on the wall in my home at some point? <laughs> oh it's easy enough yeah that was me yesterday in my office I'm just like okay let's just conquer this list and then this morning I'm like sorry Jesus that was not okay I was not walking in step with your pace and your plan for the day right so So that's another important important point and where I see a lot of people they tend to go into condemnation so when you find yourself reverting to those old habits, because really what it's doing is you're referring, you're referring to an old system, your old way of doing things, your your previous mode of operation before mm. you uh, became enlightened or, or learned uh, a better way to, to, to flow with Holy Spirit. So how do you, in those moments when you catch yourself kind of uh, reverting back or relying on those old skills, how do you stop yourself from going into condemnation? <laughs> well, it's kind of a 50-50 deal. Sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. <laughs> but usually when you when you spin around on the condemnation, I don't know, Ferris wheel, I guess, um, eventually you get nauseated and remember that this is not ever what God has intended for me. Oh, and so... I feel like I I have a dance between in the early days, I would definitely like nine times out of 10 go for condemnation before um, I'd accept his forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And now I'm a little bit older and hopefully a little bit wiser. And I'm just kind of sick of my sin patterns. (laughs) So I'm like, (laughs) that's actually been a prayer in Hebrews. I've just been like, hey, daddy, you know, I need to get sick of the sin that entangles me. And one of them is just falling for the, the lie that I'm condemned. And so... Um, yeah, I think that as as you continue forward and I, as you use the framework, um, you get, gain some momentum. And then when you mess up, it's the, the fall isn't quite as hard and the recovery time is not quite as long. <laughs> that is good. Oh, that is such a good wisdom nugget. Listeners, I really hope that you have a notepad. So when you get into the system, the fall is not as hard. Therefore, your recovery is not as long, right? So again, I feel like, Andrea, you do a great job of like word pictures. So I imagine like if you fall from a 10-story building, you know, recovering from that would be, you know, very touch and go as opposed to one story where, you know, you might sprain your ankle. So the recovery is going to be much shorter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. I should be taking notes, but I need to stay focused. (laughs) 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 so you just mentioned the scripture in hebrews um as you have been on this journey have there been any scriptures that have really just helped you as you meditated on them to really help you stay focused and and stay in the journey Mm -hmm. oh that is great um the journey of writing the book or the journey of freedom or both (laughs) well let's talk about both yeah you can never have too many scriptures um, (laughs) <laughs> you can't have right and of course i'm horrible with references i'm like oh, i'm panicking i will not freak out my identity is not in whether i know my references or not um there you go application right in right real life application this is it. <laughs> i tell people about this podcast it is real it is raw it is authentic this is like in the moment right now because we are not here to just present what sounds pretty but I really want people to understand that while they're on their journey, they are not alone. And so we are all kind of walking this path together and no one has arrived. So we're all going to have these types of moments. 
Exactly. I think for me, just the example of Jesus, mm-hmm. like he had so, I mean, obviously he had stress on every front. Right. And yet he did not react out of anxiety or fear. Mm-hmm. He reacted out of power and authority and he would of, often go away and be with his father. Um, and I knew he was our example, like Hebrews 12 talks about how he's the author and perfecter of our faith. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, if we dig into Jesus, we're going to unlock how to do this in legit crazy world. Right. And, um, and then obviously scriptures like Galatians 513, you were chosen to be free Mm. and the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin. Mm -hmm. So we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. Galatians 322. And taking a Beth Moore study way back, um, believing God, it was actually during the time of my depression, right around in there. Mm-hmm. And I had just been challenged to like, are you actually going to believe what God says? So as I dug into the Bible about freedom, it's like, okay, so this is mine. What is blocking me from receiving it more fully? Right. And that propelled the journey. And as for writing the book, God brought me across a passage in Isaiah, and it's about how he gives us words to encourage and to comfort. Mm -hmm. And I will set my face like flint and I will continue forward. And I have, I should know the numbers. It's okay. (laughs) We can find it. But alas, but alas, yay for grace. (laughs) And so we'll find it. Most of us, we can Google set my face like flint and Google will tell us where it is in the Bible. That's right. That's what you can. So that has been just really um, necessary in the whole process of developing a book and a business just to, nope, God has got this and it is his and I will be faithful. Right. So you touched on something. um, And again, real, raw, authentic conversation. You touched uh, that you experienced a season of depression. And um, as as deep as you are comfortable going, can you kind of describe what that looked like? And and I'm going to say why I'm asking you to do that before you answer. Uh, many times I've spoken with people over the years and they think that depression is being holed up in a dark room, unable to get out of the bed with thoughts of suicide. And while depression may present that way, what I've learned even recently in my own life is that it doesn't always look like that. It doesn't always um, uh, come with suicidal thoughts and it doesn't always come with not having the energy to get out of bed. It can look very different for different people. And I think the everyday person may need a little assistance in just some symptoms or some signs that maybe this is more than just a funk that I can't seem to kick. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's true. I have this, my journey with depression, I actually found out that I was depressed. It's a really hilarious story. Um, at a conference and I was taking some workshop and we all had to do this little questionnaire mm-hmm. and they're like, have you had this symptom and this symptom? And I was like, checking everything off and then they're like you are depressed i'm like oh my word what What do you mean i'm depressed in front of the all of these people in this room what (laughs) (laughs) and i was i was just like what is and i actually it made me happy this sounds really weird but hang with me but because i had been battling chronic illness without diagnosis without uh yeah just it was hard hard go with like three little kiddos Mm -hmm. And um, has been changing job and homeschooling and all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew something was off. I didn't know how off. So that little funny evaluation actually helped me say, Andrea, you need to get help. Right. And, to, and it gave me a stepping stone. So I was able to 
um, tell someone I trusted mm-hmm. and go see the doctor. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like when I told people who were close to me, mm-hmm. it was pretty brutal. Um, their reaction was anger. Um, mm-hmm. I think that maybe their because I was functioning well and because I was continuing to do all I could do, even though I had chronic illness, maybe there was just the unbelief that this could actually be happening. Oh, that's really but good. For, yeah. So, but for myself, I knew that um, like the, it was such a battle. Right. Like I just knew I was only battling. Um, and even that, yeah, for me, um, suicidal thoughts were starting to creep in. I remember being able to finally, uh, evenings were really hard. Mm-hmm. Um um, energy wise so I didn't often go out but one night I did, had and I was coming home and I was just like well just go in the other lane and I'm like yeah and what right, <laughs> like, it right. Was just, like a sneaky little Satan right putting his little thought in there and then that came up about you know just well just take more sleeping pills or mm-hmm. whatever and then I'm like this is this is not okay right. and so for me that was kind of what I I don't want to say what I needed, but it was in a way what I needed to actually deal mm-hmm. with what was happening because mm-hmm. it was just kind of so amalgamated in. And because I had chronic illness, which was chronic fatigue syndrome, it was undiagnosed at the time. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have seen that my desire to sleep was connected with depression. It was just like, I just, this is how it's been for years. I don't know. And so I think it would have been masking some of the more common symptoms of depression. Oh, if that makes sense. You said so much. Oh my goodness. I'm trying to unpack it slowly. I remember mm. being an older teen, maybe, I don't know, 18, 17, 18, 19, somewhere around there and driving and getting the thought, you could just drive your car into the trees, just drive into the trees. Mm. And I don't remember prior to that moment feeling sad, but what I later learned in life as I, you know, grew in wisdom and age and, and experience was that a lot of times suicidal thoughts are just very subtle suggestions. And the thought mm-hmm. comes out of what seems to be nowhere, but really it's a growing, a very slowly growing pressure. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I find that a lot of women, especially high performing women, we mm. tend to feel pressure to perform in every area in our life. And so we do. And then those who are on the outside looking in will say, oh, she's great. Until we right. speak up and say, but you don't know what it takes behind the scene to be this person. Mm-hmm. And wow. what it takes to be her is what's causing the depression. Right. Yeah. I, I just really feel the heavy presence of the Lord. And so listeners, I really want, if that is you, I really want you mm-hmm. to number one, sit with him and allow mm-hmm. him to minister to your heart. But then number two, uh, understand that medical intervention is necessary in many, mm-hmm. or I would even dare say all cases. Um, and that it does not mean that you don't have faith. That's right. hundred percent. Oh man, I wrestled with that because um, <laughs> depression is in my family history, but it's never really been called depression. Mm-hmm. And so I was a talker, <laughs> good old Andrea. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm doing this different, friends. Like, I need help, and I'm not going to pretend I don't. Right. And so it was through, um, yeah, I was on antidepressants for mm-hmm. a bit and did some counseling. And I had a healing, this beautiful healing moment with God that I talk about in my book, actually, just how he poured his truth and life into me in actually my most condemning moment of my wow. life, where it made the suicidal thoughts okay. And he stepped in and was like, let me tell you the truth. Wow. And it, it still makes me cry. But 
his rescue led me to grow in the tools that I would use to how do I not slip back into this and develop help me develop awareness Mm -hmm. so now when I've had a lot of crisis in my life with um, people passing away um, I knew that okay I would be I would lean towards depression Mm -hmm. therefore now that I'm off my antidepressants I need to make sure that when life gets extra crazy that I still reach out with transparency to my doctor and say this is where I'm at I don't really want to go on meds and I think I might be okay but I'm not entirely sure and and so far, they're like, well, how about come back in a month if it gets worse or or, or sooner if you just are done. Right. And so by the grace of God, I've been able to continue that. I love yeah. and and I really feel like this is a part of flying free. I love that you mm. said, first of all, you had the healing experience with God, but that you didn't mm-hmm. throw away the medical intervention either. So you've maintained right. your freedom through your experience with God, but you also mm-hmm. have allowed those support pillars to still be there to support you as you walk out your freedom. That's right. Yes. Well, he provides those support. Pillars, yes, he does. Right? Like he is the one who created it. All the all the parts that he knows we need. And so to let him lead us his way versus telling him what we think we mm-hmm. need, right? It's always better, <laughs> right? Like, God, I think I need this, mm-hmm. this, this, and this. And he's like, you really don't need any of that. I'm going to give you what you really need. <laughs> exactly, right? Awesome. Oh, man. So uh, I just, man, this is such a good conversation. I'm going to try to contain myself. So as <laughs> um, for people who say, Otisia, you're such a great interviewer. And I'm like, honey, do you not understand? Otisia is like barely sitting still right now. I'm just, like, they would fire me from every talk show if this was my profession. It's a walking talk show. Exactly. <laughs> but, well, hey, uh, I was feeling the same way this morning. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's today. I'm like, how how am I going to stay focused? I'm I'm doing my best over here too. <laughs> so good. But I really feel like normalizing these types of conversations and books like yours are what's going to help people to truly experience freedom. Not this false, everything is a bed of roses stuff that we see, you know, on television or we have these fantasies that life is just, everything is going to go my way now that I'm a Christian. And walking in abundant life means nothing's going to go wrong. And I'm like, who told you that? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Where did you get that definition from? (laughs) Yeah. Or even different experiences from our childhood. Like, I remember we used to sing a song in Sunday school and it would just mess me up about like, I'm in right, upright, downright, happy all the time since Jesus came in and washed away my sin. And I'm just like, I was like, for a melancholy kid, that was not a great song. (laughs) I was like, I am mostly happy, but then I'm super not happy. And then it goes up and down like a yo-yo. And so I figured I was super damaged, but it's like, actually, I'm just human. Actually, you're just human. (laughs) You're not damaged. You're human. Right. Go figure. Good old imperfect human. Yeah. When you are defining or when you came to the point that you had to redefine what abundant life meant in real life application, what was that process like? What did you arrive at in terms of identifying what abundance would look like in your life? Good question. Oh boy. Um, abundant life, what it looks like in my life is right now, <laughs> a big grin on my face and I'm just at peace with God. And I know I'm in the right place at the right time, doing mm-hmm. the right thing. And it's just about, um, through my chronic illness, God really was teaching me so much about how independence on him, there is yeah. freedom. 
And so just just the full life surrender, the moment by moment surrender is always what leads me back into flying free because I can because I know that he has got all the things handled. And even as things come filter through my mind, I know I can just be like, hey, daddy, I have no idea what to do with that. Or this keeps swirling. Please take it away. (laughs) (laughs) And and so on and so forth. So I feel like abundant life is just flowing with Mm -hmm. the spirit as he leads you through the day. I love that definition. And I, I love when you said, hey, daddy, this keeps swirling. Can you take it? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I may write that in my journal. <laughs> I think that's one of those things I need to put in my back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so as readers are actually reading the book, um, what type of experience do you hope they'll have? I hope that it just draws them in. There's going to be resistance while reading because can you imagine if all those people who said they were Christians and they Mm -hmm. believe God actually lived it out and just enjoyed freedom? Wouldn't that be insane? The world would be upside down and different. So the the spiritual warfare is a real thing and I have my prayer team Mm -hmm. praying, but I I hope it's an invitation. One of my endorsers, who's actually a coach of mine, um, said that when he read it, it was like a conversation with a wise person. Mm -hmm. And that blessed me because I was just like, okay, yeah, I just, I want you just to read it and connect and then allow it to pull you in deeper into the questions of like, okay, yeah, where, what are my MOs? Oh yeah. What actually has been triggering Mm -hmm. me lately? Or can I see a pattern or connection? So I hope it leads people into being willing and wanting to become more aware of where they're at. And then just that that desire for freedom in them would just light on fire and they would not be able to stop until they live it out. So for the person who reads the book and they feel like a whole can has just been opened up and they don't know what to do (laughs) with this stuff, (laughs) how can they receive support from you after they read the book? Oh, there's so many ways. They can... Um, go to my website, www.andreafair.com. And there I, I do mm-hmm. coaching. So you can contact me there and, and set up a session. Um, I also have my everyday freedom course. So it comes with videos. I think it's like six videos. Um, and then I give you like a study guide to process deeper what we've been um, working through and then you can connect it with a coaching package for a cheaper price Mm -hmm. for coaching and stuff like that so I that's really a powerful way Mm -hmm. to do it Um, people can also connect with me on um, Facebook and Instagram at Flying Free Ministries and um, actually, for anything you purchase from me, you always get invited into my frequent Freedom Flyers. Now, it doesn't right? so matter. Like, <laughs> a, a Facebook group, but it's a private group where I just, I just really want to go deeper um, on a more raw, personal, like like this mm-hmm. level, where I can say, "Hey guys, what are we struggling with this week? What what's a trigger that keeps coming? How can I work with you? How can I help you?" So it's more um, impromptu coaching that happens just as we live life together. I love it. I want to personally thank you, Andrea, for the work that you're doing um i want to thank you for your yes because i would imagine (laughs) if holy spirit would have asked me to do this type of work i don't know that i could have said yes first off um (laughs) just being honest (laughs) Uh, 
Oh, he would have brought you there. <laughs> he knew. He knew. He. I really believe Holy Spirit knows what jobs to give each of us. Like he's like, look at my daughter over I'm, here. No, she doesn't need that job. I'm gonna give that job to Andrea because she's equipped for that job. I'm gonna give Matisse <laughs> a different job that she's actually equipped for. So, but people <laughs> like me get the benefit of your yes, and so. I'm sure you probably hear it, but just in case you haven't heard it today, thank you for your yes. Because of your yes, myself, everyone who's read your book, all of your clients, those who are in your groups, and all of your future readers, those who are listening to the podcast, our life has been enriched and enlightened. And I do believe that we'll now have uh, the ability to see and experience freedom on a greater level because you first said yes and walked out the experience yourself. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm going to be putting that on a sticky note on my bulletin board (laughs) (laughs) for those rough days when the technology doesn't work. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Thank you so much for this opportunity. It has been a joy. So before we go, I do want to let you have the last word. So anything that you would like to say uh, to our podcast listeners, uh, you have the next 30 seconds to and if it goes longer, that's fine. But just for you to <laughs> impart whatever wisdom that you are feeling in your spirit. Hmm. First of all, I want to talk to everyone who is maybe thinking, I want that, but I don't think I can have it because dot, dot, dot. And let me tell you right now that that because mm-hmm. is a lie. God is big enough to forgive anything and he is able to heal anything. And his desire is to, he created you for freedom. So this is actually yours and the enemy has stolen it and it's time to take it back. Ladies, I am encouraging you to let your warrior rise Mm. up and pursue what is yours to have through Christ Jesus. And for those of you who maybe are like Christ Jesus, Savior, hmm, not sure about that stuff. I encourage you to look into that and wonder, figure out why why am I, do I have resistance to God? Why do I have resistance? And I get there's a lot of awful stuff that has happened that people say is in the name of Jesus. And there is healing for that. And as you get to know the real real God, the real Savior of the, of the Bible, um, and as you continue to work with him and maybe others to help you with that, you can have... Um, you can let go of some of the baggage that might be holding you from really engaging with him. And he is the one who is um, our everyday savior. And he is the one who gives us everyday freedom. So I just say fly forward, ladies, and let us set this world on fire for Christ. Awesome. And you know what? I'm not even going to try to say anything else. Fly forward, <laughs> listeners. Andrea, <laughs> thank you. And until next time, I appreciate you joining us on Interview the Outcome. It is my prayer that you have enjoyed this episode of Interview the Author. Listen, if you enjoyed it, don't be selfish. Share it. Tag a friend. Send it to your coworker who gets on your nerves. Send it to your fellow church member. Send it to the stranger who just keeps complaining on social media. We want to get this podcast in front of listeners who need to hear the encouragement that our authors are presenting. And also, feel free to tag us on social media. On all social media platforms, we are at Interview the Author. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, be blessed and live the life that God created you to enjoy. Mm-hmm.